Welcome to the Cinema Rack, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here, we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. They've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello, everybody. This is Gregory, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today, I'm going to do a couple of reviews of well-known movies and then do a retrospective on Michael B. Jordan. Now, I took a trip, and one of the ancillary benefits of taking a trip by a flight is sometimes you have access to movies that you otherwise would not have in the limited amount of streaming options that you have. I am not a VOD guy. I will not spend $9.99 to buy something on Amazon or anything like that. So for example, for Top Gun, it, it took me, I think, until November, early November of last year to watch Top Gun because I watched it on a plane. So I was on a plane and I got the opportunity to watch The Fablemans, Spielberg's movie that was nominated for Academy Award. And so was Paul Dano and Michelle Williams. And I also saw Creed 3. So First of all, I'm going to talk about The Fablemans, and then we'll do Creed 3, which will segue naturally into the Michael B. Jordan retrospective. So Fablemans, as a lot of you guys know, this was, I, would, I wouldn't say return to force, because Spielberg's West Side Story was, was well-received, but this is definitely his childhood movie. If you're not familiar with it, it it's a somewhat semi-autobiographical movie. It takes place in the 50s, 60s, and 70s with a young child. The first scene, Michelle Williams and Paul Dano play the, the kid's parents. He's maybe five or six and he goes to see The Greatest Show on Earth. The, that's his first movie he's ever seen. And then they fast forward to when the kid is, well, I would say like an early teenager. And then uh, later on, they move from, I, I believe it's somewhere in the East Coast to Arizona and then Arizona to California. And the movie ends essentially when the Spielberg-esque kid is 18 and he meets Paul Ford, the director. So, it's essentially a movie detailing how Steven Spielberg became Steven Spielberg. Okay, so the movie, I think it's great. It was very, it was very good. It was very good. And it had a lot of Spielberg's collaborators, has the same cinematographer he uses in every movie, has John Williams doing the, the score and, and the music. And the acting performances are top-notch, as you would expect. I mean, Michelle Williams, we have an episode here, I think in the first 20 episodes, about how she is one of the strange, rare actresses that has become uh, well-known, but is an indie darling and has not sold out and done a lot of commercial films aside from the Venom franchise. And she has something like six Academy Award nominations, and she was nominated for this. And she is exceedingly good. I'll do some, some plot spoilers. So Paul Dano and Michelle Williams are married. They're the parents. Dana works as some sort of inventor for General Electric, and Seth Rogen is his assistant slash best friend. And as I mentioned, well, Williams plays the the wife. First of all, let me say Seth Rogen. We have a retrospective on Rogen. It's either going to come out before this or after this. Uh, he's miscast in this movie. Like I just, he has no range, and it, it's he should not be in this movie. Dano does a great job of being the mild-mannered guy. You probably probably would recognize Paul Dano mostly from There Will Be Blood. He plays the, the young preacher, the son preacher of There Will Be Blood. And he's like the mild-mannered parent who obviously loves his son, loves his wife. And, well, his wife, let's just say, might be stepping out. 
Michelle Williams is really good in this movie as well. I wouldn't say it's like Blue Valentine level good, but she is good in this movie. And there's some just really good scenes. There's a scene where, so, so in the movie, the son, through his love of filming, doing family films and films in high school and so forth, he's filming a trip to uh, the park where, where the dad and, and Seth Rogen's character's best friend, the dad's best friend, I should say, and the family are out. And through editing this video for the dad, the dad wants to do it for the mom because the mom's mom just died, the grandmother just died. And by watching the videos, he figures out and sees that his wife's having an affair with Seth Rogen. And he becomes very angry with his mom, understandably so, because he's a pubescent teenager. He's dealing with a lot of stuff. He doesn't know how to deal with, with this particular thing. And so eventually, after a very heated scene, he puts his mom in the closet and, and shows the, the footage that he edited. And it's just a great scene because you see Williams... She has no idea what's going on as the film starts. And then she slowly starts to watch what we've already seen while he's discovered and uh, the footage when he's editing it. And just the look on her face is just enough right there to give her the Academy Award nomination. And see, the thing is, and there's other great scenes in the movie. I, I would not say that it is a, from the Red Bull perspective, a lot of men are going to be like, yep, break up the family caused by the wife because the wife's not happy. But uh, there's a, there's a couple of just really good iconic scenes in the movie, and she was a, she was nominated for an Academy Award, and she chose she chose to go Best Supporting because I think she thought she had a better ch- well okay I think if you asked her she would say well the lead of this movie is the son uh, and he I, I don't know his name but he's he's very good so I'm gonna go for supporting. I think another reason she did it is because she thought it was a weaker category because she knew my girl, Kate Blanchett, was going to be nominated and likely win for Tar. That didn't happen, as we know. Michelle Yeoh won it. And I think Williams did not anticipate the everything, everywhere, all at once juggernaut where Jamie Lee Curtis ended up winning. And it's just such a travesty. I don't know when this is going to come out, but May and I are going to have a conversation on that movie because she loves that movie. And let's just say I don't love this movie. And I think we'll talk about it there. But Williams is excellent in that movie. I did see everything all, everywhere all at once also on this trip, but I'll save it for that episode I do with May. I also saw Creed 3. Now, I want to give credit to Michael B. Jordan because in the overrated actor's two-part series Michael B. Jordan is brought up and I kind of snidely say in that episode with May like oh he's directing the upcoming Creed you know like come on this guy's young he doesn't know what he's doing it's going to be well you know for every good director like Bradley Cooper even when Bradley Cooper was announced that he was in Do Stars but I was like oh come on Bradley Cooper and he did a great job but for every every director where direct actor turned director where it turns out well, there's plenty of them that don't turn out well when they do it. But I want to give Michael B. Jordan credit because I did not think he was gonna do a good job with this movie. And he did. He did a phenomenal job in the directing. Let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is the Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life, to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 20, 
17, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed. And there's about 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclectical Gregory on Apple or Spotify. The movie, I would say, is better than the sequel. Apollo or Creed 2, I should say. The fight scenes are amazing, and he was not involved in writing the script. The writing of the script was not him, but he did a great job directing it, and, and I want to give him credit where credit is due in regards to that. Also, it was my op- first opportunity to see Jonathan Majors. He plays the... Just a quick backstory on this. So it's his childhood friend who essentially took the rap for uh, Adonis. So Adonis wouldn't go to jail. His friend goes to jail for 18 years and he's released. And even though it's very subtle, the implication is that Adonis owes uh, this guy for what he did. And so Jonathan Majors' character wants a chance at the heavyweight title. And at this point, Creed is already retired for three years. And he's like, no, you got to work your way up. Plus, you're like 38. You got to work your way up, da-da-da-da-da. And through a series of events, Jonathan Majors' character does get the opportunity to to fight the heavyweight champion. And through a series of events, eventually, of course, we know Creed's got to fight his childhood friend. And a lot of the, the, the acting is good. And I think that's a lot... Due to the writing. The writing is great. And Jordan, in his directing, does a good job in not screwing with either the acting or the screenplay. So I want to give him credit. It's an entertaining movie. And I think it, it, it's it's good. It's a good movie. And Jonathan Majors does a really good job of playing kind of the sensitive, bully, manipulative ex-friend he's very subtle and we've talked about it here when the jonathan majors allegations came out what's going on with his career uh, may and i both also talked about it and have these actors pass their prime part three which probably won't come out until after this one comes out what we think about his future but he's he's very good in this movie now michael b jordan the guy's 36 he's exceedingly young i remember him i did not watch the wire i want to be fair I probably first saw him in Friday Night Lights because I love that show. And he comes on at the end of that show in the last two seasons. And Friday Night Lights, when it when it was out, it was struggling. It was struggling just to stay on air. And eventually the last two seasons weren't even on NBC. They got moved somewhere else. I don't remember. But he plays the quarterback of the high school that Kyle Chandler gets transferred to. And it's the two years of how this impoverished... Uh, high school eventually wins the championship and i remember seeing it i didn't know who this guy was i didn't know he was michael b jordan i didn't know his name yet but he he's good in that he's good in that show and from that show he got his first collaboration with ryan coogler now ryan coogler of course at the time was not like a well-known director but because of 
his work in Fruitvale Station, Michael B. Jordan gets some love, some some attention. And then he does the 20, and that's in 2013, by the way. In 2014, he does that awkward moment. That movie had potential. It's got Miles Teller Young and Zac Efron Young, and it's just an R-rated comedy that just, just doesn't really hit. Also, in 2015, the next year, he does Fantastic Four. He plays Johnny Storm, otherwise known as the Human Torch. This is the one with Kate Mara, and it's got Miles Teller, and it's just the tank one. I mean, I think the, the, the one before that with Jessica Alba was considered better, but this one was a total flop. But he's pretty winning in it. But even though that movie didn't do well, 2015 is the beginning of Creed. The one with Sylvester Stallone. Just so you know, in Creed 3, Sylvester Stallone is not in it. They had a falling out. He and the, the Cougar clan. So he was not in Creed 3. But in 2015, he does Creed. 2018. So he doesn't do anything for three years on the film. He does Black Panther. Of course, he plays the, the bad guy, Killmonger. He's decent in that. 2018, he does Creed 2. That's the one where he fights, he fights the, the Russia, the son of Drago. 2019, he does Just Mercy. This is the movie where he essentially plays a lawyer and he's fighting. It's a legal drama. And then in 2021, he does Without Remorse. This is a a Tom Clancy adaptation. Then he's... It's just... And then in 2022, he plays Black Panther. He's Killmonger again in a little cameo, but we won't count that. And then he's got Creed 3 this year. Upcoming, upcoming, he's got some stuff. We've already talked about how he's going to do the remake of the Thomas Crown Affair. The original was, I think, in the 50s, but that was Steve McQueen. But the more, I guess, more famous original remake was one with Pierce Brosnan and Rene Russo, which I think is a great movie. I mean, that is like Brosnan at his peak James Bond, even though he's not James Bond in the movie. But that's a great one. He's redoing that. And when we brought it up, man, I was like... And I'm going to talk about what I'm going eh, for some of these things. He also, he's collaborating with Coogler again on a movie called Wrong Answer. That's about Atlanta public school cheating scandal that happened a few years ago. And he is also going to be in the sequel. And I'm curious to see how they're going to pull this off of I Am Legend, the movie with Will Smith, because Will Smith dies at the end of that movie. But he's going to star in it and... It's a sequel. Maybe Will Smith's character is going to be in flashbacks. I think that movie is going to do well. Just given the IP of that movie and uh, kind of the, 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 the... It's just going to do well. That movie will do well. Here's my here's my take on Jordan. Jordan, I, I just want to see him have a little more range and take more chances. Whether it be in The Wire. Okay, he's young in The Wire. So let, whether it be Friday Night Lights, whether it be... The Creed movies, because think about it, he's only done like six movies in his entire life, like six legit movies. Whatever movie it's in, he plays the same role, which is kind of the sullen, angry man. And yes, he did that awkward moment. I think he just needs to do more straight out just dramas, maybe some family dramas. I'm not going to say he should do a British period movie because I don't think Jordan could pull that off. But I would probably do some some comedies, even though they're not that lucrative. But look, the thing about Jordan is Jordan is branching off. He's definitely going to have money coming in from uh, like a production company and stuff. The, the guy is smart. I've heard him in interviews and, and they definitely have uh, 
things going on. He has a production company called Cut Outlier Society, and they've already signed deals with Amazon, and he's he's developing something called Val Zod, which is a black version of the DC Comics uh, of Superman. So, I mean, it, he's got stuff going on. So it's not like a rom-com will ruin him, but I just think that when I think of Michael B. Jordan, he's great in the Creed movies, but there's limited range as as Creed. Yeah, I mean, there, there's some emotional scenes and so forth, but he plays the quiet, sullen man. And he plays that pretty much in every movie. I forgot to mention that he is in Hardball. So Hardball is a Keanu Reeves movie from 2000. I totally forgot that he was in that. Either way. Um, he And then when he when he tries to do legit drama, like in Just Mercy, it's just... it. He, he's not believable as a lawyer. He's kind of young, which probably doesn't help, but... He just isn't, he doesn't have the gravitas to pull that role off yet. And maybe with age, he can do these roles. And then without remorse, I think that just, it was just a bad movie. It's just a bad movie. So what I like to see from Michael B. Jordan is branch out, is try, take some chances. Even Denzel did much ado about nothing. Take some chances. And look, maybe he just thinks, I know I have limited range. I kind of have this one gear. And so I'm going to stick to it. Because you think about it. Like when he does I Am Legend, it's I Am Legend the way Will Smith did I Am Legend. It's not like Will Smith spoke a lot in I Am Legend. There's barely no talking in that. So it's a perfect cast for, perfect casting for Jordan to do I Am Legend because it's right in his wheelhouse. He's going to be doing what we expect from Michael B. Jordan in every Michael B. Jordan movie so far. So look, we know you can do this type of role because that's all you've done. You're exceedingly young. I do think, and we we did mention Michael B. Jordan part in the Are These Actors Past Their Prime Part 2? And I did mention that he is past his peak. And I, I think... It's, it's hard to say. I just need to see him diversify the portfolio a little more. If not, he's... And, and this is not like commercial. Because commercially, he's always going to find a sweet spot. Because there's a certain demographic, certain group that will always turn out to his films. But for him to get to the Denzel kind of heights of acting, um, I just need him to see him try more. And look, Hollywood is desperate for a, a, a bankable commercial black actor... Now that Denzel's older, Will Smith's older, Marisha Lee's in his 50s, there's only Jonathan Majors now is in Scandal. He might not come out. So Michael B. Jordan is like the great black hope. And I think for that, he's going to be given a lot of roles. And I, and I want to be clear. Look, the guy does have talent. I just think that he needs to to stretch out because his, his, his range is limited. And we've talked about before, like movie stars versus chameleon actors. Some of the, the most famous movie stars really don't have a lot of range. You can't really say someone like... I don't know, Tom Hanks has a lot of range. There's, there's most of the famous actors we've had don't have a lot of range. And so maybe he's just like, I know I have limited range. I'm just going to stick to the movies that I know work for me. I'm going to take my time picking projects, which he's demonstrated given that he did three years between Creed 1 and, and doing Creed 2 and, and doing no roles during that time. Uh, just take your time. And he's got side gigs. He's part owner of AFC Bournemouth over in, in England, which I believe is in the Premier League. I think it's in the top the top league right now. And so he, like, he's got side, side gigs and so forth. Be selective on your roles, but also 
try and diversify Michael B. Jordan because I, I don't want to say the verdict is, is out already on, on your future. I think you'll be successfully successful commercially. I just want to see more out of your acting. And I want to see a point where you can get an Academy Award uh, nomination and you can be the preponderant black actor for the next 30 years because the, the guy's young. He's got a lot of years ahead of him. And I think he's going to be successful. I just want to see more out of him because the potential's there. He's a good actor. He's a good actor, but I want to see more range from him. In terms of his personal life, the only person he's known to be that he's dated openly is Laura Harvey, who was Paul Harvey or Steve Harvey's, I should say, daughter. They dated for four or five years and then they broke up last year. And since then, I don't think he's been openly in a relationship. So he kind of keeps that private, which I think is great. I think that's great. I love it when celebrities aren't dating everybody and their dog. So good for you, Michael B. Jordan. I hold out hope. I want to see some, some output from you, some range. I think you're a talented guy. I think your directorial debut was great. And if you keep directing movies like every five, six years, I think that's great as well. I wish you the best. Guys, I'll post a poll over at Spotify and at the Cinema Rec Facebook group. You let me know what you think of Michael B. Jordan. Love to hear from you. Rate and review, whether you're listening to this on Apple or Spotify, it really helps with the algorithm. There's a link for PayPal. And there's a link to the website that has all the Eclectical Gregorio feeds. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, follow the rag today. Until next time.